Girl Stories, Life Lessons, Turning Points, Service to Others, Truth, No Bullshit, Adding Value, No Smoke and Mirrors, Being the Pressure, Third Down and Ten, Win or Learn, Always the Underdog with a Chip on Your Shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. From Service Academy fleet leaders, NFL players, NASCAR drivers, tech gurus, private equity, small business, big business, to the entrepreneurs making the way of the future, winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity, paying the price of admission. Let's go. Okay, uh, John Alvarado, Alvi, as we know him, uh, joining us from the uh, Detroit metro area, Sterling Heights, Michigan. Uh, I was currently in the auto industry uh, as an engineer uh, specifications analyst for GM. Uh, started there in the summer of 2014, right around the time you became a dad, I think. Uh, born yeah, in Macomb. Yeah, awesome. Second time. So you had some yep. experience already going into that. <laughs> um, born in Macomb, Mississippi. Had some time in Tucson, Arizona, then on to uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, high schools, Catholic high school there, Baton Rouge, uh, professional journey, um, started as a, a shipping supervisor for CNS wholesale grocers in, in New York. Um, then, you know, got into the automotive industry and kind of the rest of this history. Um, hobbies. This is cool. I like, I like seeing this was a drummer and a cover band, right? So that's, what's your band's name? Only whenever. Uh, Only it, whenever. We, yeah, we uh, actually formed a couple coworkers who just you know found out that that they play guitar and I was playing the drums and started out uh, a good friend of mine, Doug, and I just playing together, and then we brought on Matt, lead guitarist and singer, and then we brought on uh, Bob, our bass player, and uh, we've been playing together for a couple of years, done a couple of just local uh, fun gigs, but yeah, we're still, we're looking for more opportunities to get out and play. It's, it's, uh, it's what kind of music y'all play? It's, I, you know, we, I think the best way or the best genre to fit us in is kind of nineties alternative rock, but we have a okay. song, we have a song in our, um, in our library that kind of goes, we have for, uh, one from every decade going back to the fifties. So we're kind of right. all over so the place. Spread, but you know, the core is a little bit of that nineties rock. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Let me see where I left off here. Uh, also passionate youth coach. A youth sports coach. So your fifth, uh, sixth grader, uh, JJ, mm-hmm. John Jr., right? Uh, yes, sir. Pop Warner and, um, select baseball team. You're the head coach for both those teams. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I just took over. I've been, a, I've been an assistant coach on this baseball team for the last three or four years. And then, uh, our head coach, um, he and his wife are trying to start a family. So being a full time, uh, you know, the youth travel coach is, is, is difficult. So I decided I to, to, to take over that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, JJ, this is his second year at, uh, St. Lawrence, um, Catholic school. And he, this is his first year playing tackle. And, uh, I just emailed the, the program, the football program coordinator said, Hey, you know, got some, got a little bit of experience with the game. I'd love to throw my hat in there, be an assistant coach, you know, and, uh, like a few months before the season started, he sends me an email like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna have actually two JV teams this year. That's the fifth and sixth grade. So, would you like to head coach one of them?" And I was like, "Huh? Why not? Let's just do it. Yeah, that, Let's go." That's the age right before they hit like the school system, right? 
No, no. I mean, we're in the we're in the school system. We're, we're in the we're school playing, system. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're playing we're playing CYO football. Catholic nice. organization football. Cool. Oh, yeah. Did not know that when I was a kid. It was sixth grade. Was like, uh, no, sixth grade was the first year. No, 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 seventh and eighth grade when you hit the school. Um, yeah. Gotcha. All right. Anyways, uh, let's see here today. Um, here to share some learnings. A uh, big message of embracing love and support, especially from the Navy Football Brotherhood main audience for this, right? Um, he believes in the healing power of the brotherhood. Um, you know, thankful for the heavy support of your wife, Sarah. Three kiddos, John Jr., who we've already talked about, Kinsley, nine, um, and then your youngest, three-year-old, Barrett. Yep. So He's a nut shop. Hey, aren't we all? Dude, he's uh, he's he's this he is the stereotypical boy. He is a leap without looking type. Of, he'll he'll push the ottoman to the middle of the living room and just get on top and just jump right off to what and land awesome. on whatever he can. You know, could be worse. Could be a, a safe one. So you're <laughs> for that. You should be thankful. I think you're lucky. Exactly. Um, memory. So Herb Spencer, the guy that uh, same graduating class. Um, in the class was two thousand. Eight class, Eight. Yep. seven season, right? Yep. Um, Irv Spencer, fellow linebacker, spent a lot of time with Alvarado playing ILB. Uh, always appreciate his attitude and commitment uh, to being a brotherhood member. He always was consistent with his effort and ready to play. Um, another another guy, Sovi. So those two guys started, um, I guess it was your senior year, right? I was a sophomore Mm -hmm. It was, I think Joby was, Sobey was in his maybe second or third senior year by then. Um, but <laughs> one of the, Sobey said one of the most loyal drop what he's doing to help you out type of guys that I've ever met. Super caring. Um, Anthony Pachoni said to, to tell you, hi, what's up? It's been forever. Yeah, it has. And, uh, I got a couple. So for, for me, Albie was a bit of a goofball, uh, kind of like the Jordan Stevens of humor. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the locker room, but you always found a way to keep the mood light, even if the overall morale had not been at its best. Uh, solid upper class leader for us young bucks back in the day. And I uh, wanted to thank you for that. Uh, and lastly, there's this photo of a famous celebration that may have been a little short lived. You're going to have to tell me, but uh, let me see if I can share my screen here. I'll cut out the silence time yeah. uh, screen. Higher screen. Boom. Sure. Remember that one? <laughs> I knew it. I knew yeah, it. Well, yeah. And I'm trying to remember when that was, what that was. Was that an Army Navy game? Yeah, that was that was Army Navy game. Um that was, I believe that was after, it was either after the Reggie's uh, kickoff return for a touchdown, yeah. or it was after the uh, Mike Vitti forced fumble when he was diving to the end zone. We stuck him, and I got the ball loose, and Ross recovered it. Um, yeah, I, I ran out on the one field, of those. jumped up in the air with you, and just gave you a little extra congratulations. It looks so, like, so, so extra. I'm still recovering <laughs> from that one, Tony. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. So. <laughs> Anyways, 
Yeah, that's the uh, memory section. So yeah. now it's story time, man. So tell us, you know, a little bit more. I mean, maybe footballer, um, you know, in the automotive now. I want to touch more on that as soon as we get to it because yeah. I'm al- always kind of been intrigued by automotive. Uh, but yeah, tell us the story. Yeah, um, you know, it's I'm kind of in a. It's it's first and foremost. It, it's been a uh, a week ever ever since you know you asked me to come on it's been a very uh reflective week for me and um man i just love just kind of going back down memory lane and and revisiting you know i've been listening to a bunch of the the podcasts here and there um but i think just you know getting caught up in the the craziness and the the routines of, of life nowadays you know i think it's good to take a pause and not necessarily stare but just reflect and, and um nothing but just gratitude for the journey it's been um just so many incredible people along the way that have helped form me and shape me um and, and i you know when you think about the irv spencers and the Pachonis and sovies and i mean those are the types of uh, of men that you know i want to make proud and, and you as well you know where it doesn't matter if you're an underclassman or you came you know before me or behind me man i, I want to make you proud and i fall short Everybody does. We fall do. short. We, we all do. And I've fallen short more times over, right? Than 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 um well, I like to, I'd say more times over than anybody else, but who knows? I just um it, it just in a very uh, great spot right now in terms of, you know, just the, the love that and reverence I look at the uh the journey through the brotherhood with. You know, yesterday we um yesterday was our last game uh for our for our, uh football team we we ended the season three and four um we won our first three games it, it was a tale of two seasons kind of ended on the four game losing streak and uh it was difficult but man uh god i love coaching those kids it's so awesome to get out there and just you know motivate them and figure out what makes them work um have fun just, just sharing my passion for the game with them you know getting better you know where you know finding those little things winning is fun yeah i love winning i also love the little things like hey you know our third baseman we can't really make that throw to first base you work with him work with him, and all of a sudden you see he makes it and you see that look and he's like oh i got this you get that confidence in him um i love that i mean i love that feeling i, I love awesome. losing those these young men um but yeah it's been a been an emotional week you know in a good way Yesterday was tough. <laughs> Yesterday was tough to uh, to end the season. It's it's uh, gotcha. it's sad. I I look forward to going out every day, you know, and working with the boys. Look yeah. forward to it. And unfortunately, Monday, it's over with. Yeah. Hey, tell tell me more about so head coach, youth sports. Um, you know, I've got a couple, and going to those youth sports games, sometimes you get a, a couple of uh, parents that are pretty intense. Um. You ever have any of those types of situations? What's going on there? Um, usually, I I have been uh, blessed to be surrounded with families that are um, incredibly supportive, right, um, and support me in, in my endeavors of, of you know coaching and, and mentoring these boys. Um, I have encountered parents that are <laughs> loud, boisterous, um, grown adults screaming at a twenty year old umpire. Um, you see it see it a lot um and i think that there's this weird um 
it has everything to do, I feel like, with ego, right? When JJ's out there, whether it's on a baseball field or a football field, and he scores a touchdown or, you know, loses a fumble, makes a tackle, misses a tackle, right? Hits a home run, strikes out. Those are his, right? Those those successes and those failures are his and his alone. They are no reflection on me as a parent. They are no reflection on me as an ability. No reflection on me as a man at all. How he handles those successes, how he handles those failures, how he treats his teammates, how he treats his coaches, how he treats the opponent, 100% that's on me. Absolutely that's on me. But, you know, him striking out, and it's a questionable call from the home plate umpire. It's on him. It's not on me. It's not a reflection on me. And I think that there's this little, there's this, this ego associated with you sports now with parents where, you know, oh, well, we pay all this money. We have to get all these returns. Little Johnny's got to hit all the homers. And if he strikes out, uh uh-uh, no, 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 that makes me, that makes me look bad. No. What makes you look bad is you screaming at a 20-year-old umpire. That's what makes you look bad. What makes you look bad is is screaming at your kid, right? Because he struck out in a game that he's he, he's 11. He's 10. He's 11. Relax. Yep. Relax. Right? It's just weird manipulation of ego that, like, and, and I'll say this, Tony. I felt it. The first the first year, uh, the first, um, JJ started playing travel baseball when he was, I think, six. He got into an 8U team, um, and, you know, whenever he's doing well and hitting, you know, he's a young guy, and he's, he's very young, and he's having some success, and all the other parents are like, oh, JJ's doing such a great job, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he's, he's really good at throwing the ball, so on and so forth. And that made me feel good. It, it, it did, right? Yeah, for sure. 100%, 100% it did. But you don't, if you don't keep that in check, I think it just sort of escalates as they get older. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, you know that's... That home run that he hit, that's on me. That game winning, that save he made, that's that's mine. That's not mine. It's it's all his. All, yeah. all that is his. Gotcha. It's like yeah. that. Uh, I won't say ugly baby syndrome, but like it's your it's your baby. Yeah. Same thing with yeah. all those parents. Yeah. So yeah, and and like again, luckily um, we have surround like. We've, we have families that are just absolutely awesome that we've intentionally surrounded ourselves and, you know, with, with really good people that, that understand that, but there are just some that don't. And unfortunately it's those, uh, the handful that don't, that kind of ruin it for a lot of, a lot of kids. And you end up with a 12 or 13 year old young man who's, you know, on his way to becoming a man. And he's just, he's spent, he's already, he has zero desire, zero passion for, for a game anymore, for a sport anymore. You know, I heard this the um, a while back. I forgot. I can't remember the um, the name of the gentleman who said. It. He said the best thing that you can tell your son or daughter after after a game, regardless of the outcome, is man, I love watching you play, and I took that to heart. And instead of you know after a baseball game or a football game, you know riding in the car with JJ. Um, instead of breaking down the whole game and saying, "Hey, you did this wrong. You did that wrong. Blah blah blah. You did that right." It's son. I love watching you play the game, and it's yeah. true. And, and I think that we've sort of lost lost sight a little bit of that, especially with with travel baseball. I mean, it's it's intense, man. It's a little. I bet. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I got onto the select league once, mm-hmm. and I started playing, and I started, you know, noticing these clicks, 
the, the team was already established, kind of got recruited mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. And uh, about halfway through the season, I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is right, you know, but, yeah. you know, kind of raising that, well, you can't quit. You know, you started yep. it, you got to finish the season. So, you know, I ended up yep. finishing it out, but yeah, good lesson. Yeah. So. It, it's, it's, uh, yeah, we, we've, you, you see all different types and travel baseball is, I mean, I could go on for a while about this stuff. I think that there's something at the heart of it that's, that, that we're, um, it seems a little bit skewed and a little bit off. I mean, where else in in let's just what what other level of baseball could you potentially play six games in two days? What there yes. is no other there is no there is none. I mean, yeah. no, college, high school, you know, MLB, no. And I get it; they're young, they're resilient, and it's only you know five inning, six inning games, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And so we're very conscious to, to make sure that, um, you know, we, at least on my end, it, uh, for my team, um, kind of going back to creating a mission statement. And, and it's not necessarily about, hey, we're going to, we're a travel only, t- we're a, a, a tournament only team. So we're not necessarily in like a, a local league. So we'll be playing about 11 to 12 tournaments over the course of our season. And I'm not about, you know, of course, we're going to be doing some goal setting, but. You know, I'm not the. I'm not going to sit here and say we have to win every single tournament. Yeah. Right. I'm not chasing plastic. I'm not placing. I'm not chasing a plastic trophy. Right. Our our goal is to develop morally sound, mentally tough, and physically skilled young baseball players. Right. That's our that's our mission statement, and everything that we do um, is going to lean back into that. Now, Grant, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna. I'm competitive. I want to win. Right. We all do. Um, I'm going to set our roster in, in, a, in a way to, to, to win, make bracket play every weekend. But, you know, my, again, my ego is not tied up in some stupid plastic trophy. It's not. Yeah, ego is one of the toughest ones to let go of and get over, and you constantly got to work on it, I think. Oh, yeah. No, no absolutely. And, and it, it's, it, no, it, dude, Tony, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, you know when we get into been on, on those those teams are, you know, towards the end of the season, you know, I kind of took over head coaching the baseball team. Um, and it was just like, ah, you know what? I, I could pitch, you know, JJ's already pitched, you know, he's pitched a lot, but he could probably pitch him more. If you get in the championship game, probably not the healthiest thing, but he could, you know, th- there's that ego that's always talking to you. It's always like, yeah. Hey, go get that trophy, man. Right. It's going to look you good. Sparked, uh, a memory for me. I need to get my uh, cousin on here. He was one of those. Like he was a baseballer through and through. Ended up going mm-hmm. and playing pro for a while. Ended up messing up his shoulders. He's a pitcher. Yeah. Um, so I need to get him on here and get that story. So yeah. Anyways. So yeah, keep keep going with the story. Um, anything else from like childhood days or? Yeah, you know, just uh, you know, growing up in Baton Rouge. I mean, I mean, we haven't lived in Louisiana for for a long, long time. You know. Um, my parents, uh, I think my my plebe year, they moved from from Baton Rouge out to uh, northern New Jersey. And my brother still lives in New Orleans. Uh, my parents, um, they were in Katy, Texas for a little bit. Okay. Um, and then Katy just exploded. I mean, Katy got yeah. huge. Um, now it's not that, just Katy. It's, like it's a lot. Central Texas, man. Yeah, it's and they just kind of... You know, they're both retired now and uh they moved out to um Alpine, Texas, uh west side of the state. And they're just loving it. Just loving the simple life. Um 
but yeah, you know, uh, remarried for me, uh, remarried, um, in December of 2020, um, shortly thereafter we had a uh, little bear, little Barrett. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a, um, you know, in, in terms of, um, kind of in that note I, I sent you, don't be like me. Don't deny yourself the, um, the grace and the support of the brotherhood. That was a difficult time. Sarah's pregnancy was, um, man, it was a lot of ups and downs. Uh, she, when she was younger, 17 or 18, she had what basically kind of equates to a, um, a, vi- a cold virus um, essentially fried the electrical system in her heart. Mm. And um, she, um, at one point in the hospital, she actually coded um, for a little, they had to bring her back and uh, she has a pacemaker now. Um, and, you know, pregnancy and having a baby was something that, you know, was never really on her radar just because of that. And, uh, well, we figured, Hey, let's just, <laughs> let's give it a shot. And, um, it was, there were these markers every month, you know, in terms of her pump function and, and whatnot that we had to go, that we had to achieve. Um, mm-hmm. and Tony, there was a real plus. We had to have that, that hard discussion, right. We, you know, to abort the pregnant, we, whether to abort or not. And that was, that was hard. And that was, that was difficult, you know, but sure. it's, um, praise God. It, it was all good. You know, every single, good, man. Yeah, I can every, every, yeah, every single, um, every single month it was, it was, we're right on track. Um, doctors were great. You know, the delivery was great and he's a, you know, a healthy nut job to say the least. Um, but no, it was, uh, just the, the, the amount of just grace and, and, um, I just composure Sarah had I me. Mean, I'm, I'm a wreck, man. I'm a, I was, <laughs> I was an emotional wreck the entire time. Uh, but it, it, it turned out great. You know, she's, uh, she's a trooper, man. She's, she's incredible. Awesome. And she just, in, in terms of watching her, um, as a mom is just inspiring to me. It really is. I mean, I'll never forget Tony. The first um, we just started dating, and we went to her. Bro- her brother lives here uh, locally. We went to his house for it's like a um, you know like a birthday celebration, and we brought um, her Sarah's dog Mavis, and we're you know drinking, partying, having a good time. It's later at night. We go let the dogs out. And Mavis just bolts right out of the door. There's a skunk in the backyard, and Mavis just she just rips this thing apart, man. It and the skunk had sprayed Mavis in the mouth, mm. and like there's like skunk carcass in the backyard, and it was nuts. It was nuts. And you know, there's people because the smell so bad. There's people puking in the bushes. It was it was nutty. And <laughs> what kind of job or what, what kind of dog? Mavis is, I don't know. She's she's sort of a just a mutt. She was a rescue, okay. Yeah, and um, and I just I remember you know I'm helping clean up the the skunk carcass because I can handle it. I'm not you know puking or whatever. And I remember Sarah just rolling up her sleeves. She didn't, you know, she wasn't screaming. She just rolled up her sleeves and got to work, man. She 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 got Mavis in the tub and was just scre- you know scrubbing her down and and being compassionate and, and I was just like whoa 
just the man her her mean it's it's chaos right her dog just got sprayed by a skunk in the mouth she smells awful and here she, there's sarah just calm collected taking care of it loving the dog not a you know probably internally a little bit upset but just the face that she put on and that's that's the way she she attacks everything in life you know that sounds like the perfect mom for that uh for bear oh yeah no she <laughs> she really is and she's she's fearless like it, it, this is gonna sound kind of this is how i dude i there is a for whatever reason i have this weird fear of bringing bear anywhere right and even with jj and kensley whenever they're really young you know taking them to a store by myself was i didn't want to yeah, do it i'm not I, a big fan of that either no no and it was just because they're going to scream they're going to run around like i and i won't be able to handle it. i just want to get my groceries and get out but sarah she just takes them everywhere deals with them you know she's yeah she, she's just fearless man also just fearless cool yeah. she makes me she makes me better it's like that thing you know um kind of what, what i you know emailed about like I wish I'd reached, you know, going through my, um, you know, going through a divorce, going through, you know, the exit out of the Marine Corps. It, I should have reached out because, you know, when you're working out, I, I just find out I work out better with somebody else. You know yeah. what I mean? Sure. Um, that's just the way I'm wired. Push me a little bit. In those difficult times, um, I needed that same sort of push. I needed that same sort of support, you know, and. And I found that with Sarah too, you know, like now I got my workout partner and I still, and, and not only do I need her, but I need, you know, there are times where, yeah, I, I need to reach out to the brotherhood. I need to reach out to these guys. You know, I, I'm not to say that, um, I'm complacent, but you know, I need to, I, I've noticed a little bit of a gap. I need to sort of get back and get out of some, some uh, routines, you know, kind of break up the routine, the monotony, uh, the day-to-day life. Gotcha. You know, kind of re- reconnect with, reconnect with the brotherhood. No doubt. Well, good. Yeah. Glad, glad you're getting on here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take you back to the academy. What what brought you to the academy? What made you go there? Um, you know, I really never had given any thought um, to... Um, a service academy until uh coach kevin kelly came a knocking um so kelly he was a linebacker coach and you were a mm-hmm. linebacker so that's good yep and um you know i actually had you know extensive family who served uh my uh all my a lot of my cousins uh were enlisted in the navy my uncle my uncle alan um god rest his soul he passed away um whenever i was actually i think a was i a plebe you know, my, my plebe year at the academy, um, he passed away of stomach cancer. He was a retired uh, helo pilot, and um, he uh, flew in the evacuation of Saigon as well. Um, my grandfather uh, was also in the Navy. He was stationed at Pearl Harbor, uh, but before it was bombed, he was called back to the States because his, his brother had died in um, the... Um, his brother died. I can't remember. Was he in the, the European front? I forgot. I forgot the details of it, but um, um, my grandfather was not at Pearl Harbor the day it was bombed. But ironically enough, years later, um, he passed away um, on Pearl Harbor Day. So hmm. it eventually, kind of in a weird way, caught up with him. Um, 
but yeah, no, I never really given much thought to it until they, they came in Aachen and, um, you know, I had over that the summer between my junior and senior year in high school, you know, I, I went to like LSU's football camp, um, went to Vanderbilt football camp, Stanford, uh, kind of being recruited here and there, but I never really got any, uh, offers. And, you know, I'd actually in Louisiana at the time, they had the tops program, um, based on standardized testing and high school GPA, I had all my tuition covered, all my books and everything. Um, got, got admitted to the honors college there at LSU and, you know, I met many times actually Jimbo Fisher. This was Nick Saban was at LSU at the time and Jimbo Fisher, uh, he was the office coordinator and he'd come to our high school and I'd sat with him a couple of times and, you know, um, watched film with him and it was, it was cool, you know, looking back to, to have those experiences. Um, but you know, I just never found a home, you know, um, never really going on these camps and, and these awesome awesome campuses and awesome programs just never really clicked. And then I went on a, um, official visit to Navy and it was just everything that, you know, I was looking for. I mean, the, the locker room, the camaraderie, um, Bob McLaren, um, was, so yeah, it was after their junior season, he was about to be a senior, uh, like Lane Jackson met all those guys. Um, and it was, it was just a fit, you know, I just knew that a, it was going to be the, the way I vision at, you know, as, as an 18 year old, you know, you really have a, a limited vision of what your life wants to be. But I was like, Hey, you know what? This is going to set me up, right? It's going to not only having a degree from this place, but you know, cause I, even at 18, I knew Tony that, that football was going to be my entire future. Yeah. You know, I knew. You know, I kind of had been humbled by, I thought, hey, you know what, I, I'll probably end up building, you know, I'm not getting scholarship offers from a lot of those big programs kind of made me realize, like, hey, you know what, you're not as good as you think you are, but <laughs> you got to, you got to, you got to rein it in and you, you got to find, you know, what, uh, got to find an opportunity to kind of help propel you, propel you into the future and, and set you up for success, so. Yeah, once once uh, I visited Navy, it was kind of yep. I'm going here. Committed that weekend. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know. Good stuff. So uh, during your time there, you had a fun uh, coach memory. Coach saying, you know, um, probably a lot of not safe for work stuff. Um, I do, for whatever reason, I was thinking about this. Coach O'Rourke, the way he would say you and Ross, like your, like your name, it yep. was just, it was always rung in, it would always ring in my ears. Tony, Tony. And it's just like, I don't know. It just made me chuckle every single time. Every single time. <laughs> that, that whatever you would get after you guys. And he yeah, had probably, that. He, I probably almost gave him a heart attack a few times. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did too. I did too, man. Um, anyway, whatever he would, Coach work would do that. Gah. He had that little, that little gah. Gah. <laughs> yep. every time, man. Um, yeah, no, some of the coaches' stories are probably, probably not, um, probably shouldn't say. Because, man, there is, there is, there's the stuff I heard Coach Coach Johnson, Coach Paul Johnson say, man. It's like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, 
I didn't know humans could curse like that. But he was. <laughs> I love. I love playing for man. You know what was interesting? I was thinking, we I was having this discussion with some of my um my uh, uh, coaches that the football coaches that we um from our from JJ's football team. Like, you know, I was one of the lucky ones. I had the same head football coach for almost my entire head fo- for my college career. All every game except for one. You don't that doesn't happen. When you think about when you look across the majority of D1 football players, you know, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, Alabama's, yeah. But, you know, Michigan's, Jim Harbaugh's, yeah. But really think about it like that that doesn't happen nowadays, man. Yeah, it's a cutthroat profession. Yeah, it is. And, and that's a big word right there is profession. You know? And I think that's the, the sad thing happening with uh, with college sports nowadays. It's turned professional. Oh, yeah. Lots of money there. Right? Yep. Yep. Gotcha. So uh, tell us more about transition. So when you transition to your first job, like, how'd that go for you? For me, it actually went pretty well. Uh, the first job I had uh, at CNS, um, the general manager of the warehouse uh, was Dave Petko, and he was a, a former Navy football footballer, and he was a teammate of Coach Speed, and he actually reached out to Coach Speed about me. And uh, it was, you know, it was after I transitioned out of the Marine Corps, I was in a tough spot, you know, living in my parents' basement at the time, and to get that job and to get that opportunity was huge. And running it, you know, being a being a shipping supervisor. Uh, on that warehouse floor, it it honestly did, it it felt a lot like just being a Marine platoon commander. Right? It really was kind of boots on the ground. Where you know, I actually got to put into practice all the leadership training that I had, and uh, I was excelling there. Loved it. Um, and then after about a year and a half, two years, I got promoted to um, a uh, receiving on the receiving shift, a shift manager. And it was a lot of the same thing, you know. Um, it was a pretty easy transition at that point, right? It, it, the more difficult transition I found. Um, so after we, so I'll take you back a little bit. Um, working at CNS for a few years, we're living in New York, uh, New York, New Jersey area, and JJ had been born. And shortly after uh, Jess, uh, JJ's mom was was going back to work, we went to sign JJ up for uh, you know daycare. And, you know, they, they look at us and they're like, well, who are your emergency contacts? We're like, oh, I mean, we had friends that we work with. But we really didn't have any family in the area. So yeah. um, uh, because at the time, my parents had moved to Katy, back to Katy, Texas. And so um, it was like, ah, we, we're out here on our own. <laughs> we may need a little bit of help. Uh, so we decided to move back here to, to Michigan, where Jess is from. Uh, she got a lot of extended family here. And, um, you know, went to went to work at uh, Ford at their uh, F one fifty plant down in Dearborn um, as a production line supervisor, and yeah. you know we got we got uh, pregnant with Kinsley, and it the, I did I did a year there. Um, my the first uh, six months I was working on C crew, which was uh, Friday Saturday day shift and then Sunday Monday night shift. Um, it was it was difficult, right? Yeah, but again, well, it was just. Ford's big here, yeah. um, in in the Louisville area. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Tell us more about that experience because I know I just like college football head coaches, pretty cutthroat at, on the floor at Ford. 
Yeah, it was um, it was intense, man. I mean, it, you know, I think the F one fifty is Ford's you know money maker. You know, it's that's a big deal. That line's going down. You get you better get that line back up. You keep the line going. Um, and it was always a the the actually the most difficult part was getting the shift started. You know, as people are walking in, making sure that you know we got enough people to man all the stations to get the line going. Um, but it was you know. In dealing with the UAW, I actually had no no issue, you know, dealing with the UAW. Um, it, you know, we had good working relationship. It was just the management side of it. It was it was kind of old school. It was old school leadership, you know, um, just a lot of huffing and puffing and, and screaming. And I don't want to say intimidation. That's the wrong word. But um, it was just a lot of it just wasn't a healthy environment. I don't know. It just wasn't wasn't healthy for me at the time yeah. you know had i been you know a single guy coming out of you know college it would have been perfect but you know you know got a toddler at home got a wife pregnant and it just wasn't wasn't uh, conducive the work-life balance was awful um the hours were awful i was just tired and miserable all the time and uh so yeah i uh left the uh left ford and, and went to to gm um and that was kind of a little bit more of a transition and going from a you know going from the plant floor the warehouse floor to an office job um that was interesting that was very very interesting I mean, tell me more first first and foremost you know me i'm, I'm loud <laughs> so i had to i had to fix my volume real quick because i could tell i was uh, annoying all the the sweet ladies across the aisle from me um and I, dude i remember the first week you know we're we're, we're getting down you know we're starting training and what I started with a group of, it was a group of five of us. Um, and I just remember hearing somebody, you know, across the, the way, you know, in a cubicle adjacent complaining that they had changed like in the supply room, that they went to a different type of blue pen. And the way she was talking about it was like the, the world had come to an end mm -hmm. that, that they changed the, 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 the blue pen, Tony. That was probably a, a good sign for you. Like, oh, okay, I yeah. think I'll make it here. Yeah, I was just, but but at the same time, Tony, I didn't know if I would because uh, I had to. You know, I was new and I was just kind of like biting my tongue. I was like, "Cute." Like, this, this, this is a blue pen. It's yeah. really, it's really Sounds not like one of those parents screaming on the sideline. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <clears throat> but you know, it, it that was kind of. Um, it was just a different mindset. I had to kind of shift and and realize that you know, not everybody's been through the fire like you and I have, right? Yeah. That's one of my uh, reminders going into my new job is to hey, open it up and like it's it's less intense. Yep, it's it's less intense, and you know, there are a lot of um, I it. it you know, if, if I may give some unsolicited advice, just be patient with it. Yeah. Right? Cause that's what I had to tell myself. It's like, Hey, just, I know, you know, again, like I said, they haven't been through the fire like we have, but, and, and I can't hold that against them. True. Right. I can't. And it's just, that's unfair, you know? Um, so just be, <laughs> I had to kind of catch myself and just say, hey, be patient, man. It's yeah. all right. All right. Don't, don't let the, don't let the, the blue pen fiasco get, bring you down. Um, okay. and on the, on the flip side, you know, I, as I kind of 
spent more time at GM and developed relationships with my coworkers, you know, you can motivate and lead them out of that, that mindset, right? Um, big believer in, hey, the, the two things I can control, my attitude and my effort, man. Those are the two things. Regardless of circumstance, regardless of, in my, how old am I, 38? I think 38, whatever, 38 years of, of existence. Those are the two things I know for sure that I, that are under, that are under my control, attitude and effort. And that's when, when they, when my coworkers see that and I speak up and I say, Hey, you know what? Yeah, we got this big project coming up. Hey, boy, hey, we got this, right? We'll figure it out. Just, just that, that, that language. And I'm not saying you got to be a cheerleader or anything like that, but just the language of we and, and the idea, uh, you know, of being, a, uh, not only the idea of being a, a, a teammate, but showing up, right. Yeah. Showing up and, and that motivates me, right. That'll, that'll change. That'll change the culture real quick. Right. No doubt. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, is there any, any advice you'd give to someone tra making that transition based off of your multiple transitions that like f for me in the early days, it was drop the acronyms right away. But you know, now I'd say a few different things. Um, <laughs> uh, was there any, anything for you that if you go back and tell John something different that you would, um, yeah, you know, I think, um, Uh, kind of what I just said earlier, first and foremost, be patient, be patient with, with who, you know, you're going to be working with, understand that, um, you know, they're not, they're not Navy football players, right? They're not, you know, Marines. They're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, uh, they're people, right? And they're people that have vastly, or they have a diverse experiences than you, right? They, they, they're not, everybody's not cut from the same ilk, right? And, um, be patient with them. Be patient with yourself. Um, be open. Um, and, you know, sometimes just be quiet. Be quiet and listen. Um, so kind of what's being said around you, what's being told to you, um, because that'll, um, you don't want to go in, you know, too loud. Just, just listen, yeah. listen for a little okay. bit. Yeah, build a baseline. And, yeah, build so, a baseline. No, absolutely. Build, build a baseline, and listen to the language. Um, you know, the the. I think that one of the best ways to you know change a culture is to first change the language. Um, listen to what's being said. Listen to the language. Listen to the words. Right. Uh, pay attention to them. Um, in the emails, you kind of pay attention to those as well, because you'll see how, um, you know, I'm very careful with, with words. Uh, you know, I've learned to be very, very careful with words and that they have meaning. And even something as small as, a, you know, emailing one of my engineers about an issue on the work order, instead of saying, hey, Jeff, uh, you missed this on the work order. It's like, hey, Jeff, uh, we got some information missing on the work order. Make it about us, right? Use that, use that we language. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, it's very small. And I know that that's, that's kind of that, uh, that's a big part of it versus that we, we versus they. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's that's one of those things too that uh is so small and you hear I mean I can't tell you how many times I've heard that 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 uh that we versus they stuff, but I'm telling you, Tony, it's true. <laughs> I've lived it, I've seen it. Um and I think that's a big thing. So, you know, be paid when transitioning, be patient, be patient and listen. You know. Gotcha. Those, those, those are my my two big uh pieces of advice. Awesome. Do you have a good yeah. mentor through those transitions? One of those jobs? Um, you know, more recently, I really, you know, I really didn't have, you know, a mentor per se. Again, um, kind of going through all those transitions, you know, th- there have been a few along the way. Uh, you know, at CNS, you know, Dave Pecco was a big one. Um, whenever I transitioned to receiving shift manager or my ops manager, Keith Michael, a guy that had, you know, 30 plus years of, uh, leadership experience in you know distribution centers he was huge for me um they've been a plenty along the way the one that that more recently sticks out was a a former boss of mine at general motors um kevin barney he he um there was a time tony you know i've been a gm for for nine years and i've had i think i'm on my fifth different role all within the same sort of specifications arena, but fifth different role. And uh, I was having a little bit of uh, a difficult time. Like, hey, you know what? You know, we're coming up on a decade at General Motors, and I really, I don't know what I want to do there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, what, where's, where step? do I, where's, what, where can I go where I don't know now? <laughs> exactly. Where do, where do, what's my niche here? GM and there it was what's awesome about General Motors is like there's so much stuff man there's so many opportunities there's so many roles and jobs um that you just don't know about and I was having a little bit of a, a career crisis I guess you know kind of like what what am I really doing am I really having an impact right you know what what am I what's my purpose here and I kept you know uh getting kind of transitioning to these jobs more about and it for me it would just seem like oh yeah that'll that'll be some good experience that'll be a good notch in the belt but then i realized i was just doing it just to have a notch in the belt right um what is that next step building towards i was just looking at the next step i wasn't looking two steps ahead and you know i'm telling you know kevin and all this and he's like well you know what what gives you energy what gives you the energy and um but really kind of woke me up a little bit and the job i'm in right now as a, as a specific engineering specs analyst um i do get job satisfaction out of a job well done you know um i do enjoy the people i work with i do enjoy supporting all the engineers um, I feel that I'm rewarded and my hard work is recognized uh, at General Motors. But what really gives my energy and what really kind of gives gives me the fulfillment is coaching, right? Being a being a um, a dad, being a husband. That's that's the real fulfillment. And I think that I was looking for the the fulfillment from from General Motors, where you know it's not going to give me what I'm looking for in terms of like. When my head hits the bed at night, you know, mission accomplished. Cool. You had a good day. You won today. Um, and, and like, 
with with the job with the job I'm in right now, I mean, I have the I have great work life balance, man. I can I'm able to to go, you know, get to practice on time, coach the boys, have a little bit extra time to say some film, you know, and and work with the boys and 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 help them and get, get that fulfillment. So, you know, it, it's um. Yeah, sorry to go back to, to your. I uh, got off on a tangent there when, when okay. you were asking about mentors. How, how did um, uh, yeah? How did Kevin help you realize that? I guess other than just said, uh, "Hey, you want to give you energy?" Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it was just you know that that um, that idea of you know what gives you energy, and you know he also said you know he he understood kind of with my military background and maybe you can attest to this as well. Like when your boss's boss, or even when your boss asks you to do something or when they say, Hey, would you like to do this? It's usually like, yes, sir. Without your yes, ma'am, without really giving it a thought. Yeah. I say that because there was a, um, after a couple of years at general motors and in one particular role, I got a promotion to a different role. And, um, after about a few months, and it's called a VDS analyst. After a few months, I got asked to move to a different group in the pre-production side of uh, the business because they had lost some people. And you know, my boss, my boss's boss, had asked me to do this because they it was they, they needed help quick, and I said yes. And um, I just feel that not that I would have said no, but if I would have said, hey, you know what, I, I'm more than willing to help out. But I really love where I'm at, which I did. I really love the new job, really love the new role. Like, can I help for like six months, maybe a year, and then come back to come back here? Setting some sort of like limitations on it instead of just kind of, you know, um, giving giving myself an out and, and trying to strike a balance between helping the company, but at the same time, you know, helping myself. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's it's a hard it's hard. It's really, really hard for me to just to to, to say. I no, want to say no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not not necessarily no, Tony. Just it, it's more of a yes, but yes, if yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I th I feel like I should have done that a little bit more, you know, throughout my throughout my career. And, and you know, Kevin was kind of the same way, you know. Just um, it's it's okay to for the yes but right gotcha 100 percent. good stuff so what do you do uh as a engineering spec analyst like what does it consist of <clears throat> so um, so whenever you um a perfect example i used well like currently i work on uh battery electric truck so the new hummer ev um silverado that's coming out here electric uh, vehicles um so essentially, I um, work with the design release engineers that uh, you know kind of creating the parts, uh, and I manage the master parts list. Um, and what that is is just the the parts that whenever the plant goes to build your, um, let's just say your Corvette. Um, I worked on Corvette. I was on the interiors for Corvette there for a little bit. Um, helped launch the uh, new C8. That was that was that was pretty cool. But unfortunately, no longer on that program. You did you get uh, but, a discount? Yeah, we get some discounts on on the vehicles um, uh, for friends. Yeah, I can get you a discount. Nice. Yeah. Anybody else too? <laughs> I can only do one a month, so just one a month. Nice That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Um, but it, it, <clears throat> essentially, like, the best way to put it, um, <clears throat> well, first and foremost, the job that I'm in is, is you can't really go to school for. Um, like, I'm an economics major. Right? I was going to ask have, what your major was. So Yeah, I, I was econ. I, dude, I started out at systems engineering. That was dumb. Um, for what, dude, well, that's the thing. I was, I, you know, I tested out of the first two semesters of calculus at the academy. Right? Oh, nice. I was a, um, math runs in my blood. My mom was a, it was a retired, you know, high school calculus teacher. So, uh, I, for whatever reason, I thought I could handle systems. It was statics, man. That statics class, I just, uh, I just, I couldn't get it. I tried yeah. EI, I tried everything, just couldn't get it. Um, but back to uh, back to the job. So I'm an economics major. We have marketing majors. We have finance majors. We have uh, health science majors uh, in our group. Um, so it's kind of a very niche position. Like over the last, uh, when GM kind of went through um, the, what was it, 20, 2018, 20, 2017, 2018, whenever we went through some layoffs, our group wasn't touched. Um, so it's, it's a very purposeful, meaningful job. Um, but essentially, when you go to when the plant goes to build your Corvette, part of my responsibility is to make sure that when you order the Z06 package with the carbon fiber plating, um, with the rev match switches and the um, Lark yellow stitching, um, that the plant has an eight-digit part number that they can order, right? And so, we, what I have to do that to, to meet all those buildable conditions um so we work with the engineers to make sure hey i mean do you know what the difference between spice red and torch red is heck no you don't but the corvette customer does so we got to make mm -hmm. sure we have those proliferations for for uh for those orders um and i think at one point towards the end but at the last year of the c7 before they transitioned to the new uh, mid-engine corvette i think there was like over 60 different variations of steering wheels on a Corvette um, compared to, you know, um, the Traverse, you know, like a Traverse is maybe three or four, you know, so, yeah. but Cor Corvette's a different piece and that's, that's, yeah, a, that's a that kind of money. You want to be special. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. It's absolutely. different than my buddies. Yeah, exactly. He's got torch red. I got spice red. So booyah. Um, <laughs> and the torch red, <laughs> It costs an extra. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna mark that one up a little bit because it'll be part of a special <laughs> package. Yeah. So you pretty much package package the blueprints. Yeah, essentially. So um, what we do is um, whenever um, an engineer wants to to change, uh, you know, some des a design change to one of his antennas or whatever it may be, um, they have to write a, a work order, you know. To, to process that change it's a legally binding document um so we help manage that and make sure that um they had kind of all, all had their ducks in a row and um that's uh, all the uh, the work order kind of meets um the the specs and, and the process right to make sure that they have everything they need uh, to process an engineering change and then uh, we help update the master parts list um it's awesome yeah it's it's uh it's it's a good job. I really do enjoy it. I enjoy the people I work with. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of those things too. You mess up. I mean, you can shut down a plant, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. you know, they come, they go to build a, uh, a vehicle and the you know, parts not there. Um, you know, my, my, I, we, 
for all spec analysts, we have a four digit little spec code as well. And the, the engineers have a four digit uh, engineering code. Our codes are on those parts. So if there's something wrong, you know, they're, they're calling us. One throat to chill. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yes, it sounds pretty complex for sure. It is. It's, it's very complex. And that's one of the, the nice things about it. Um, that there is the, um, engagement factor. It, 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 like I said, I do get job satisfaction out of it. Absolutely. Um, awesome. and some of it's, some of it's really, <laughs> some of it's pretty darn hard, you know, um, because as you can imagine, there, there are a lot of complex, there can be a lot of complex changes, um, when it comes down to, uh, you know, program content or, or vehicle content. So, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is there anything else in your, uh, journey you want to throw out there? Oh man. You know, I don't know. There, there's, there's. I think I sent some of those. Um, yeah, th- th- I've been thinking a lot recently too, in, in reflecting about uh, my experience at, at Navy and my experience with the Brotherhood and, and kind of growing up and being a dad. Man, like it's the lessons learned going through what we kind of went through. Um, man, I am just less. I am lucky. Um, I think we all are, especially when it comes to, to parenting, because there's this weird trend I feel happening where, let me ask you this. Do you think parenting is, is becoming a popularity contest? Well, man, I think there's that always that kind of stigma out there. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe just because being a, being taken, you know, more being exposed to more through baseball and, and, and head coaching football um man it's just it's 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 we it's weird to look at it's weird to witness and yeah. it just makes me so grateful <laughs> that you know we made the choice we made in, in attending the naval academy and kind of going through that and being you know forged in in that fire of hey man you come in here like you're walking through this door Check your ego at the door, man. Right? Yep. Whatever you thought you were, whatever you thought you could be, leave it. Right? Leave it. Leave it there at the door. Um, because I mean, I've I've never been more humbled by going through what we did at the Naval Academy. It, it, I've never been more molded, you know, by a group of young men and coaches that you know, and, and the coaches play a part in this as well, right? You know how lucky we were to, um, to go big, through that, man. Eat the big frog first, type of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I just, I'm forever grateful for that, um, because I see my, I, I could feel it. There's, still, there's, there's sometimes a natural gut reaction, right, that to situations where, um, like I talked about with, with JJ, you know, hearing whenever parents give me praise about him and the, that first reaction of, of your ego is to be like, yeah, yeah, it feels good for me. But then it's like, ah, nope, 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 nope. Remember who you are, dude. Mm-hmm. Right. This isn't you. This isn't you. It's, it's him. It's him. Right. Just take, check it. Right. Check that feeling. Check it. Um, yeah, man, it's, it, it, 
it's been a fun it's been a fun week uh sarah's tolerated me you know a lot uh kind of going through some old pictures and 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 going through some old you know watching because some of our games are i didn't realize this on youtube like the army navy game 2007 army navy games on youtube our uh, bowl game for that year is on youtube and just kind of going through and watching some of that stuff has just been uh it's been awesome it's been so cool just igniting some uh some really awesome feelings. Awesome. Really awesome feelings, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. So what's uh, the biggest trouble you're going through today? Biggest trouble going through today. Trying to get Bear to potty train. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I... Tony, like I mentioned, you know, I am a center man, you know, and the way that I'm wired, um, it's, 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 it's a battle that I have to face a lot in terms of like self-loathing and self-hate, right? Um, where it's, it's humbleness to a fault and it's not, it's not anything that I, that I think came about through any sort of trauma or whatever it may be. It's just, you know, I can, through all my failings in life, regardless of how hard anybody else could be on me for screwing up, I can guarantee you I'm going to be 1,000 times harder on myself. Yeah. It's just the way I'm wired, right? Sure. And it's, dude, it, it's, it's a daily battle, man. It really is. Yeah. And luckily, you know, kind of after, um, you know, Jess and I divorced back in 2016, um, and, and, and Jess and I are, we co-parent very well now. Um, it's, it's a good thing. The kids are healthy or happy and healthy and they're thriving and, uh, we have a good relationship. Um, man, you know, I went through a, a lot of therapy and, and um, I have a lot of the tools in my belt now to kind of combat that. Um, whenever those I have those flare ups of just like, you know, I'll be driving home from the office and all of a sudden I just did these, these floods of like, dude, remember when you screwed up this one time way back when? And I'll just like, for, dude, it just pops it for, for no reason. Yeah. It was, it wasn't triggered by anything. It's just my head, and I'm like, oh man, I, I had, luckily I have those tools of you know. For me, it's legitimately taking a deep breath. It whether it may be praying, putting on a podcast, whether it be putting on a nice, happy, fun song, you know. Um, that I think that that's kind of the biggest, the biggest thing for me on a, on a on a weekly basis is fighting those. Um, self-loathing self-hate tendencies right yeah. um because when you look at it on paper hey man we're doing pretty good here <laughs> yeah we're you know help ha happy healthy kids great marriage right and a job that 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 i allows gives me the opportunity to to, to seek fulfillment and coaching why why are you feeling like this i don't freaking know tony but i still gotta it, it they still pop up man 
Yeah. It's uh, weird. I've been scanning on my my quote notes. Every time I read a book, I try and jot some stuff down that I thought was good. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I'm still not done with that. I keep on working through it. It's the 12 uh, Rules for Life by Jordan Pearson. Um, and mm-hmm. one of his chapters was like, you know, treat yourself like uh, someone you're responsible for helping. And um, one that, that stood out to me was when the awakening occurs, when once uh, naive people recognize in themselves the seeds of e- evil and monstrosity, at least potentially, their fear decreases. They uh, develop more self-respect. They begin to resist um, oppression. They have the ability to withstand. This is one of the most difficult lessons in life. Yeah. It's a good book. I don't know if you've read it or not, but I mean, no, no, I got I, so what, what's the name of the book? Uh, 12 Rules for Life okay. by Jordan Peterson. Oh, yeah. I like, uh, I like his stuff. Yeah, I'm stuck on chapter seven, I think. So, anyways, I liked it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's, I guess, in terms of what, you know, what I'm struggling with, what's the hardest thing recently. It's just, there's always those little internal struggles. Yeah, I have similar ones. I think everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other part is, you know, it's just frustrating. You know, I get, I get back to myself and I say, hey, Yo, dude, you got it great. Okay. Just, just yep. relax, right? Stay in the moment, you know? Stay in the moment. No doubt. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Um, what are your, you have any uh, future aspirations other than, you know, coaching? Obviously, a big love. You yeah. Like where you're at. Like, is there anything else there? Yeah. Um, man, uh, I definitely we want to play more, get the band going, get some more, uh, get some more gigs, man. I, I need to get back in terms of aspirations, man. I, I just, I want to get back to Annapolis a little bit more. Um, I just miss that place, you know, um, miss the people, um, go see my sponsor family as well. <laughs> you know, I miss them. Uh, they were incredible. The Kelly family, man. So that that's another blessing in the skies. That, that's, you know, I heard, uh, you know, sponsor families kind of come up a lot in the in the podcast and i can't i can honestly say that my sponsor family was was a um a, an answer to my my parents prayer you know yeah. um they were just the the the, the idea of un, yeah the kelly's yeah mike okay. and tina kelly they have uh five kids um and you know mikey alexa andy McKenna and Amanda. Um, it's been awesome to watch them grow up, man. They they are turning into such great young adults. And yeah, I would have been able to make it without them. Um, and that idea of sort of unconditional love, you know, they had zero reason. They got they got nothing out of it. Literally, like nothing. <laughs> you know, um, they poured love, you know, and they poured money too, right? They 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 helped me out. They they gave me rides and all that good stuff. Fed me, um, and man, what a, what an incredible uh, experience to have. What, I should say, what an incredible example for me to have as well. Yeah. Um, and they just, man, they love me for the sake of hey, you know what? We're opening our home to you, and uh, yeah, but it was. 
yeah, I need to get back to go see them more. Um, but in terms of aspirations, you know, just continue, just continue getting better. Right, Tony? Okay. I mean, there's, there's a, um, not to say that I've, I've felt complacent recently, but, you know, I feel like there's a lot more, uh, I can explain it best this way. Going back to that theme of, hey, working out, you work out harder when you're working out with, with a buddy, right? Whenever I've been listening to the, the, the podcast, right, Price of Mission, those weeks, I feel I'm, my game is elevated. I feel that my um, focus is more intentional. You know what I mean? I feel that like, yeah. hey, I, I'm working out with my buddies here. Right? I feel more of that desire drive to get better and better. Right? Um, and I need to do that more consistently. Um, gotcha. And, and yeah. Right. Good stuff. So what, fit, go ahead. Oh, no. I was I mean, going to say, and, and I actually need to get back to the gym a little bit more. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Right, that gives me energy. So which, which episodes are pumped you up the most? You got any favorites? Oh, man. Oh, um, I mean, I remember the first one I listened to was uh, Clint, and I called him afterward, you know, and we had a great, we had a great little talk. Um, uh, Cam, you know, we kind of, I reached out to you earlier to get his number. And uh, I mean, that's another one too, man. Just last week, thinking about, I went, I went with them um, to spring break in St. Thomas and how we actually physically survived that. Still a mystery. Still a mystery. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how we how we survived. Uh, but yeah, the stuff with Cam, man, he, um, man, when you talk about, when I, whatever I say, like, man, I want to make you guys proud. He's one of those, like you, Sovi, you know, Cam. Ah, oh, man. I learned so much. You know, listening to them. Irv as well, man. Irv, golly. They all, they're still, I miss them. I miss you guys. You know? Gotcha. Yeah, we're going to have to make the jam. Oh, yeah. Dude, we, we will. We, we 100% will. Um, but yeah, no, there's who was the other one? Um oh, Jake. Jake's one stood out, man. I haven't that was cool. You know, Biles, to, yeah. To to yeah, Jake Biles to to kinda to listen to him. Um everyone just kind of sticks out that because this has been sort of I, I appreciate them all just because for the longest time after you know there's a there's a there's a long period where I just shut myself off from it right um because i was embarrassed right i felt shame right i felt you know my life it, in so many ways had had taken some selfish and negative turns that hey man i, I didn't want to um i didn't deserve right the the forgiveness or the love that the of, of of my former teammates but um hey we're at a spot now where <laughs> no we do we do Right, yeah, hundred percent. We do, right? No doubt. Uh, yeah. So, sure. so yeah. So every episode, just just getting to hear the stories, you hearing the voices, man. That's part of it too. It's just, man, we were in each other's business 
hours every single day on the weekends and just hearing those voices again has just been awesome man i love yeah. it it all it all it's therapeutic as well awesome yeah it is for me too for sure yeah um all right man last question what's your price of admission price of admission um whenever i've started reflecting for whatever reason again <laughs> I was it pick who, who would mention the, the uh, lighthearted guy or keeping it always lighthearted. Um, for whatever reason, uh, you ever seen the movie, the rookie of the year? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, when Chet Stedman goes out to the mound and, uh, he's telling little Henry Rowan Gardner, you got a deal from the half too. Right. Um, for whatever reason that stuck with me and that theme came up this week, you know, reflecting, reflecting on the, the price of admission deal from the have to, um, you, the line's calling, you have to step up. You have to, it's a choice. It's not even, it's a choice. How to, nah, I shouldn't say that it's a choice. You have to do it. It's just that simple. You have to do it. You recognize the gap. You have to fill it. You have to, right? You recognize gaps on the football, you know, on defense. Go fill it. In life, go fix it, right? It's, it's, you just have to simply do it because for the sake of not only yourself, but your teammates, I mean, there are people depending on you. You have to do it, yeah. right? It's, the cost is too great for me not to do it type of deal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's more often times than not, it's not going to be what you want to. It's going to be what you have to. And you have to, um, you know, yeah, you just have to, you have to step up. You have to set your ego at the door and you have to go out and you have to get humbled, right? You have to get humbled. Yeah, um, big when, part of it. Yeah, especially with change. Yeah, yeah, and that's and you know thinking about that, um, the have to. Going back to Sarah, um, whenever I got asked to be the head football coach of um, the of JJ's football team um, in the summer, and I was asking her about it. I was like, you know what, it, you know, this is going to be a lot of time. Um, are you okay with you know? taking over bear and rise Kinsley, bringing Kinsley to cheer practice, so on and so forth. And her, her answer was very simple. You have to. And that always stuck with me, you know, is just whenever you, whenever you're around, you're, you know, the good, good people like that, the Navy for brotherhood. Hey, you have to, we have to, you know, get on the line, another rep, another sprint, whatever it is, you have to. And, you know, there's another, you know, part to that that I kind of sent you um, in a very physical and real um, sense. The price of admission to me, um, I think, was physically manifested the night of um, our senior banquet or our, our end of the year banquet and the hug that, that Mariana Winchester, Ronnie's uh, mom, gave me. That night, man, I think about that hug a lot, Tony. I do. A lot. Yeah. 
that was, um, I felt it. I felt almost at a spiritual and emotional level that price of admission, right? Um, Because it's, it's, it, it, her son's gone. I killed in action, right? And, um, you know, for me that, that, God, I mean, I, I actually met, thankfully, one of the good things about social media is, you know, I can connect with her and, you know, she's, you know, I'm, I just want to make sure that, and I hope we all make sure that people like her aren't forgotten and that Ronnie aren't forgotten. And, uh, you know, just, I want to, every year around, you know, the, the time of Ronnie's death, you know, I, I show the kids a little video of, uh, you know, Ronnie and, 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 and you know, some interviews that she did. And, uh, you know, I always use that kind of guiding principle of, man, I never knew Ronnie. Um, but I, I, I came to know him real quick in that hug. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, in a very real moment, I, I got to know her, got to know him real quick. And, um, you know, I want to make him proud, you yeah. know, in much the same way I want to make you, um, and Irv and, and everybody else proud. Um, it's a little, yeah, bit, of that, uh, l- little bit of that carry the load there. Yep. Uh, but it's, a uh, yep. The, the beautiful, beautiful part about, uh, carry the load is a, is a group thing. Yeah. Right. So, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it carry the load because why? Because you have to, right? Right. The, 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 like the, the lessons that we learned, they, I think that they need to be preserved and carried on and, and instilled, um, in our, in our kids, especially because, you know, I think, um, not to say it's our way or the highway, but the way that we, the, the way, what we went through, um, instilled in us, I think the right, um, values, right. And the yeah. right, a frame of mind that, that our country needs, that our children need. Yeah. Spread the you love. Know. Yep. Yep. So awesome. Yeah. We have to, you know, it's time to go, man. It's time to go. We have to get the pack on and we got to do it. Awesome. We got to do it. Well, cool, man. I appreciate your time today. I know it's a Sunday uh, mid afternoon, but uh, yeah. Tell uh, Sarah, thank you for your time. Yeah, she, I don't, I think she took the kids. I mean, she, she was afraid that uh, down here in the basement that the bear would probably end up ruining this somehow or another by chopping down the stairs or something like that. But My kids they're, walk they're out all the time when I'm recording. Yeah, so, so good. <laughs> well, it was funny too because JJ, you know, I told JJ about this. He was like, "You're gonna be on a podcast?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's okay, man. He doesn't care that I play in a band and we played in public, but um, once he hears podcast, he's like, "Oh, that's cool." That's a good. It's a. It's a. What I find is a. It's an amazing tool. So for whatever, oh, hey, dude. Yeah, yeah like, it really JJ is. Will, grow up and maybe come back and listen to this thing in 10 years or whatever and be like, Oh, okay. I get what he's saying now. Or, you know, 20 years and be like, Oh, okay. I understand now. Yeah. So, yeah. And so JJ, if you're listening 20 years from now, don't be a jerk. All right. right? (laughs) Use your manners. Okay. Oh man. But yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Tony, man, like I said, this is just, my heart is just absolutely full of, of, of joy and gratitude for this, man. It's, it's been, been a great week and I can't wait to, uh, 
you know, to continue this, you know, I, I, uh, man, I just, I mean, like, do you ever, did you ever find yourself getting caught up like that? Like just kind of reflecting on the glory days and yeah, you know, man, how awesome, how awesome this was, how awesome, um, as a sinner and a man who doesn't ever really think he deserves much, how awesome. I, we do deserve it, right? Yeah. We do. I guarantee you'll get some phone calls or texts after this comes yeah, out man. and people listen to it and be like, hey, man, what's up? Or, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. Because I got to I gotta do it on the flip side too, man. Irv and I have been playing phone tag for a little bit. Um, um, you know, I got I to gotta touch base with him. It's been It's been too long. It's been way too long. But awesome. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta do my own share of it. Good stuff. Well, man, appreciate you being on today. Uh, All right, brother. Again, it was a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Immediate thirsty for clicks. I got a new rule. If you ain't ever posted a rapper when he was alive, you can't post about him after he get hit. It's simple. It's the principle. On any tempo, I'm invincible. Don't even rap. I just fit to you. I'd rather that than an interview. Most days, fuck them all like I'm going through a whole phase. Young niggas shoot out the whip like road rage. I pray all of my dogs stay so paid. And the only thing to kill him is old age. All my life. Trying to keep me down All this time, All this time. Never thought I'd make it out No no one knows what it means But it's provocative No it's not It's getting some people going I'm so hot I wanna find me Drop the needle, I'm dusty.